Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation, you got to listen in every Tuesday to stay up to date on the most recent medication therapy topics. Game Changers creates awareness about pharmacotherapy and clinical practice changes that can significantly impact pharmacy practice. Every Tuesday, a new episode of Game Changers is published on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. And always remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Game Changers Clinical Conversations. I am your host, Jeff Wall, Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Drake University. Welcome uh, to another uh, very quick and hopefully very informative uh, uh, quick podcast that, as we always hope, uh, uh, is going to impact your practice and and you're going to be able to translate it into something you can use very quickly with your patients. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, something that literally just kind of crossed my desk in the last three or four days, which is apparently a rising... uh, a tide of, of, of media information and stuff from social media that, that uh, people are, are reluctant to get their influenza vaccine because apparently there's been some uh, information. I'm not sure I want to dignify it with that word, but 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 some information that's, that has been passed around saying that uh, getting the influenza vaccine uh, makes it makes you more likely to get COVID. And since most of the listeners here are pharmacists and, and physicians, this is obviously something that's going to impact all of us. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about that and talk about the data that that surrounds this issue. And believe it or not, there's already some pretty good data that surrounds this issue largely from the Southern Hemisphere. But before I get to all this, I want to thank all of you for, for listening to uh, the podcast and and, and being uh, listeners. And if this is your first time, please uh, want to welcome you. Uh, if you do like us, please go to uh, wherever you listen to your podcast and, and give us a, a like, give us a, a comment, spread the word to your, uh, your friends, your neighbors, your family, if they're uh, interested in listening to this stuff. And also if they're interested in getting CE, uh, because uh, certainly we have pharmacists. We're working on other CE as well, but this is going to be about the easiest CE you could get. All you have to do is head over to our sponsor, CE Impact, and uh, uh, sign up for their CE packages. We're just one of numerous CE packages they have that are economical, easy to get, and and I think very impactful. So hopefully uh, um, that's that's the trifecta that you will need to head on over and check that out. So yeah, again, please uh, please do that and support our, our sponsor, CE Impact. So anyway, apparently uh, uh, about Two or, th- two or three weeks ago, uh, um, you know, the, the the black hole that is social media uh, started uh, uh, disgorging information that suggested that uh, um, the influenza vaccine uh, may make people more susceptible to COVID. Now, now doing some digging using my Google Foo, this might be traced back not to something that Dr. Oz says, because I'm not going to impugn Dr. Oz any more than he impugns himself, but uh, but really uh, what apparently he was taken out of context and even he said after the fact that he was taken out of context that that he did not mean to say that 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 uh, the influenza vaccine would make COVID worse in fact he actually was trying to say the opposite and it was basically edited poorly or something along those lines but whether it was there whether it was from you know something else from your you know somebody's uncle fester or something I have no idea but apparently this is has, has made the rounds and it's been uh, gotten enough high media profile and and concern that we've actually had even in my health system some uh, healthcare providers saying gee I'm kind of reluctant 
hesitant to get the influenza vaccine because I keep hearing that it that that, that uh, it's going to make the, the chance of me getting COVID you know more worse, and if I get it, I'm going to have a worse uh, worse uh, symptom. So let's kind of talk a little bit about you know first up, you know I, I think you know, we're all well aware of the fact that the influenza vaccine, while not perfect by any means, has been demonstrably shown in multiple studies over multiple years to decrease the risk of serious uh, influenza uh, uh, symptoms and death, which is the worst symptom uh, from influenza. So, you know, you can go back and forth about, well, how effective is it? It's only this percent effective. But however effective it is against preventing influenza, the data is very clear and has been clear for years, probably decades now, that the influenza vaccine does, in fact, uh, decrease your risk of severe influenza symptoms and death from influenza and hospitalization from influenza. So that alone should be enough, I think, for everybody to want to get this. Also, something that that's been that's been propagated in in a lot of literature and on the on lay media is the is the fear of what's being called the twin demic those who might get both coronavirus and influenza A or influenza B. And as you might imagine, that might be a serious one-two punch to anybody, and it would make it make a serious infection or death a, a real possibility. So that has been a concern, and and again, that's yet another reason to to think about getting the the the, the influenza vaccine if you're kind of on the fence about it, that you certainly wouldn't want to get co-infected with both. But let's take a step back and, and say, well, has there been any data in the last several months uh, looking at, at influenza and um, uh, COVID? And the answer is yes. And uh, uh, in all the dark clouds that we've dealt with in the last seven or eight months, it's, it's kind of nice to report there might be some silver linings here uh, because the first thing that we've, we've seen reported, and this was actually just reported uh, just in September 18th in MMWR, that uh, uh, the looking at the southern hemisphere and remember that the southern hemisphere is, is, is the hemisphere that gets that gets influenza first because their winter is, is our summer right if you're listening to this and you're in the northern hemisphere and so they actually get influenza before we do and in many cases uh, we uh, actually use the information from uh, the, uh, those strains of flu to develop the, the flu vaccines that we're going to be using here in the northern hemisphere and the good news if you if, is 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 that when they look at reports particularly from Australia and Chile and that's what this this report from MMWR took a look at, they noticed a dramatic drop in influenza activity over this past summer, which was 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 considered the the uh, uh, the, the prime time for influenza in the southern hemisphere. So, uh, in the southern hemispheres, and this uh, of Australia, Chile, and South Africa, only 33 influenza positive test results were detected among 60,000 specimens tested in Australia, 12 among 21,000 specimens tested in Chile, and six among 2,000 specimens tested in South Africa, for a total of 51 influenza positive. Of specimens. So you may say, well, well, so what? I mean, what, what, you know, I need a denominator there. I need some reference. And they give you this. In contrast, looking at the last three years, uh, the, uh, the, the, of 24,000 specimens that were tested positive influenza uh, occurred among 178,000 tested tests in those three countries. So the bottom line is that the, the number of positive influenza specimens in the Southern Hemisphere for just this recent flu, flu season in, the, in that part of the world – 
was 0.06%, whereas in from April to July 2017 to 2019, it was 13.7%. So a dramatic drop in uh, influenza-positive uh, cultures and influenza-positive cases. And, you know, this is almost certainly due to, to the social distancing, the mask wearing, the other uh, um, uh, measures that, that most countries and many people have taken to decrease the risk of getting COVID-19, big surprise, is also going to decrease the risk of, of influenza. And, and so that's something to kind of think about. I think when we all kind of get out of this, are we going to kind of join uh, uh, in the United States? Are we going to kind of join uh, countries, especially in, in East Asia, that routinely wear masks during flu season when they go out? Again, it's, it's not considered a stigma. It's not considered weird. It's just something they do to protect themselves and protect others. So it'll be very interesting to see when this all you know ends out. Is that something that's just going to be done again, not as a lockdown or not in a mandate, but just something that 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 uh, you know people do just for you know to protect themselves and others? We're going to see if that that thought comes over to the United States in, in years to come. But it looks like uh, uh, those those uh, um, uh, mitigation strategies are effective not only at decreasing COVID nineteen, but dramatically decreasing uh, um, the risk of uh, of the flu. So that's good to know. So I mean, I think there's there's one good thing that the the data from the southern hemisphere suggests that that a overwhelming twindemic pandemic uh, with luck again if we see similar uh, um, features here in the United States and in the northern hemisphere we will be less likely to see now that does not mean we should not get our flu vaccine well I'm not going to get it because over so people are getting it. I'm wearing my mask no that's that's probably not a great idea there had been some thought be uh, even early in in the pandemic course uh, there have been several papers suggesting uh, from virologists and immunologists that that the COVID-19 uh, uh, that the influenza vaccine may actually have some benefit to COVID-19. Now, of course, the influenza vaccine vaccine is not going to protect you from getting COVID-19. That's that's because obviously they're two they're two different organisms, and it's going to be very difficult for that to happen. But there is there was some thought, and again, this is this was uh, from a paper that was uh, published in Med Hypotheses in, in early 2020 uh, from a couple of virologists and immunologists that suggested that while there may not be a direct blocking effect of uh, SARS-CoV-2 from the influenza vaccine, that there might be some cross-reactivity as far as something called bystander immunity. And what bystander immunity is, non-specific uh, uh, immunity that augments other viral infections. And so the, this has been shown in a couple of other diseases that while one in, uh, vaccine may not necessarily uh, protect against the uh, another viral infection, it may help to uh, reduce the severity. And so there, ha again, had been some some thought that that might be the case. And um, it was also uh, put forth as one of the explanations why so far uh, COVID-19 cases have been very rare in children and severity has been very, very low because children tend to get more uh, uh, vaccines and they uh, at, at, at that point in their lives, they also frankly get more respiratory infections. And there might just be some some so-called so bystander immunity that might help decrease this risk. So, you know, the thought that that uh, that uh, uh, the influenza vaccine might not not might not increase your risk, but actually help improve your outcomes had been suggested as hypothesis as, as recently as 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 uh, the early part of the of the. Um, 
pandemic in, in March and April. Uh, the Cleveland Clinic uh, also published a paper uh, 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 that took a look at, at uh, people who had gotten the flu vaccine the previous year, so uh, in, in the 2018-2019 year, and uh, compared them to people who didn't, and then took a look at their risk of, 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 of contracting uh, COVID-19 or having serious symptoms from it. And again, they they found that that in their study, it was a large uh, uh, retrospective uh, cohort study where they've looked at, at, at tens of thousands of patients, and they basically did not find that a receipt of the influenza vaccine in the 2018, uh, or I'm sorry, the 2019-2020 uh, 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 flu season made it more likely those patients developed COVID-19. So there was some, you know, reason to say that, no, there doesn't seem to be some sort of negative effect of, of influenza causing, uh, influenza vaccine causing worse outcomes with COVID. But that was then, right? So what about what about now? Well, um, in Brazil, and of course, Brazil has is, is, is had a, a fairly serious uh, uh, COVID um, uh, experience. Uh, some, uh, some investigators from from uh, from Brazil have recently published a paper, and this was just published a few a few uh, months ago, or I'm sorry, a few weeks ago. In uh, in and right now it's in the preprint server, uh, and and it, it looks at uh, 92,600 patients who had clinically and molecularly confirmed COVID-19 cases. So again, this is a huge uh, uh, population of patients who had confirmed COVID cases in Brazil, and they want to take a look at the associations in this patient population between influenza vaccine. And COVID-19 outcomes. And so they just compared basically these 92,000 patients. They looked at the patients who got influenza vaccine and those who did not. They controlled for uh, the, their level of treatment, their comorbidities, and they looked at an extensive range of, 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 of a lot of demographic factors, including age, gender, weight, uh, 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 you know, and again, other things that would, that would uh, maybe interfere with this, uh, with this association. And they basically found that people who received the influenza vaccine actually had, on average, about an 8% less chance of needing intensive care treatment, an 18% lower percent odds of requiring invasive ventilatory support, and here's the biggie, a 17% lower odds of death. So uh, while it didn't prevent you from getting COVID, this bystander immunity theory uh, seems to be at least a little bit uh, uh, borne out by this paper from Brazil that suggests that, in fact, uh, your risk of, of developing uh, COVID may not change, but your risk of serious outcomes from COVID does seem to decrease. So uh, with all that in mind, I think that, that, that healthcare providers can definitely be the ones who are like, who can educate uh, uh, patients. Patients, you know, there's already, especially in in in, in areas in the United States, a a, a fear of, of of getting the influenza vaccine, or the the myth that uh, you know, I whenever I get the flu vaccine, I end up getting the flu, and and all the things that I think all all the people who are listening to this this podcast have probably heard a thousand times, and this is just going to be one more you know reason for people to 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 not well, I don't want to do it because I don't want to get COVID, and you know, again, my my friend's cousin's brother told me that's what's going to happen, and I think we can we can tell people that uh, that first up pr pretty conclusively that the influenza vaccine doesn't seem to to have any harm in in, in covid and in fact may have by this bystander uh, um 
immunity, some protective effect. And again, we'll have to see what happens. I'm certainly not going to downplay the the, the fear of, of, of a twindemic. And I think there is a concern that that can still be an issue, especially in patients who are immunocompromised or, or you know, are, are on cancer chemotherapy drugs, things along those lines. Those patients are at higher risk of outcomes from influenza to begin with. But, um, uh, you know, maybe some, some silver lining in all this is that one, if we, the data is borne out from the Southern Hemisphere, and if we continue our mitigation strategies for COVID-19, that uh, we may have a mild flu season, which I think would be a great thing. And I think everybody would agree would be a great thing, especially if you're working in hospitals. Uh, two, that uh, patients who do receive the influ influenza vaccine, we now have very good indirect data that suggests that, that, that receiving the influenza vaccine uh, does not increase your risk of getting COVID-19. On the contrary, we have some uh, associative data that suggests that if anything, receipt of the influenza vaccine may actually improve uh, improve your outcomes or make you less likely to have severe outcomes from COVID-19. So again, spread the word, you know, tell everybody, you know, if there's ever a year that you want to get the influenza vaccine, this is the year. If you have friends and family on the fence about it, this is the year for, they, for them to get their influenza vaccine. And uh, for the pharmacists listening, I'm sure <laughs> you look at this with both, with both interest and, and maybe a bit of dread because I'm, I've talked to some of my uh, community pharmacist friends and they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're girding ourselves for, for what may be a, a large uh, influenza vaccine season and a lot of uh, vaccines to be given. And unfortunately, uh, many uh, uh, community pharmacies, uh, especially large chain pharmacies, have had a lot of their support staff uh, restricted and, and, and decreased, you know, putting more and more pressure on the community pharmacists who are working really, really hard to make sure that, that you know, they're doing the right thing for their patients. This is just going to be one of those things where, where I think more than ever, we, we need to really tell patients this is really important and we really need to do this. Um, the CDC has has also said that, that really any time after mid to late September is, is a great time. So we're in prime time flu uh, flu vaccine receipt season now. Now is the time to, to, to really do that. So so that's kind of the, the bottom line with this. We'll have a kind of a wrap up after we hear from a word from our sponsor, CE Impact. Game Changers discusses clinical guidelines and pharmacotherapy trends that significantly impact practice. Game Changers is produced and accredited by CE Impact and hosted by Dr. Jeff Wall. New episodes are released each week and available for pharmacy continuing education credit to CE Impact subscribers. CE Impact subscription service brings you the CE you need on the topics that matter the most. Check out the link to sign up in the show notes. Use code PODCAST for a Pharmacy Podcast Network discount. So bottom line is, you know, social media, I hope we all know this by now, is not probably the greatest place in the world to receive all your your uh, your medical advice. I think that we, uh, uh, as pharmacists and, and other healthcare providers listening to this, uh, need to know the data and the latest data suggests that 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 uh, if we're very lucky, um, we will have a, a mild flu season, but that does not abrogate our responsibility to making sure that patients receive their flu vaccine, not just to protect for the flu this year and the outcomes from the flu, but but uh, again, at least some data suggesting that, that bystander immunity may offer at least a little protection uh, in patients who do receive COVID-19.
So that does it for this week of, of uh, Game Changers. Please join us next week. We'll have uh, some more information. Hopefully, we'll, we can try and go a couple weeks without some more COVID stuff. We'll have to see how things go on. Uh, but, but please join us again. Like us wherever you like us, uh, like your, your podcasts, and uh, be sure and spread the word and tell all your friends and head over to CE Impact as well. This is Jeff Wall saying until next week, uh, remember that time flies. I don't know where it's going, but the most important day is today. You take care. Thank you.